Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational, educational, and entertaining podcast for auto detailers. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill, and I'm your guide as we journey through the auto detailing industry. You can find me on most platforms now, but it's going to be changing soon. Find us at Total Auto Solutions. Uh, if you're on TikTok, find us at Detail Supply App. Best way, though, still will always be get in touch with me direct, 918-800-1188. And uh, joined today by Nick. Nick can be found at Vegas.Rides on most platforms. Best way to get in touch with him, shoot him an email, Nick at VegasRides.com. Nick, coming off of a very, very exciting holiday weekend, uh, I'm going to be diving into something I'm excited about, Cerveza. There you go. <laughs> Tonya. Have you ever had it? It's a Nicaraguan beer. No. Yeah. It's interesting. It's uh it's it's a very similar lager to I guess you would say most uh like Latin Pacifico, beer. things like that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a little bit um I don't know how you say lager or <laughs> <laughs> like uh Negro Modelo, like you know, yeah, it's got a little yeah. more of that. Yeah, a little bit yeah. more of that than a Pacifico or a soul. I really like yeah. soul. Well, I, I yeah. really that. Did you have any beer this weekend, or was it a uh, a dry yeah, had, weekend for you? Had, had plenty, uh, <laughs> a little little beard out, to be honest with you. But uh, stayed with the uh, regular ultra, or did you expand your horizons? Yeah, ultra. Um, what else did I have? I had something else. I think maybe I mixed in a Corona with lime. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just look, dude. I'm I'm pretty simple when it comes to that. It's like. I'm looking for a buzz. I'm not looking to sit there and feel full for the rest of the night. So, uh, yeah, man. I mean, it's like anybody else. Fourth of July is the Fourth of July, right? I mean, pretty pretty standard operating procedures for for most of us. Yeah. <laughs> Eat, blow shit up, and drink. <laughs> exactly, exactly, dude. It's. I mean, so I'm I'm no different than everyone else. I think that's pretty standard for me. So what's the Vegas skies look like uh, around Fourth of uh, July? Was it was it lower? Was it higher? Was it just a mass blowout? Uh, what it look like? Blowout. I mean, it's look. This is pyrotechnic heaven. You know, a lot of people that work on the strip and shows and that kind. Of, I mean, you're just you know, you can. In some neighborhoods they got industrial fireworks. Some neighborhoods they're in between. But there's this place is absolutely nuts with fireworks. I mean, this is like nothing. I, you know, I'm in the, I grew up in the Midwest. I've lived on the East coast and West coast. Vegas is like the wild West, literally when it comes to fireworks, it's unbelievable what people do. And, you know, uh, but for the most part, we had some respectful neighbors. It got to a certain time and everybody kind of shut it down. You have the occasional 3am one going off, but you know, it, it shut down reasonable. Yeah. Ours usually does too. Uh, 10-ish, 10.30. Yeah. And then you get the guy that's had too many beers and he lets one off at 1 a.m. That kind of, I mean, same with us. But, you know, what they allow, you know, especially being in the drought that we're in and what can go on out here. And it it is surprising, you know, when you just kind of look at it from a common sense perspective, we don't get the kind of rain you guys get. It's, there's a little bit more danger as things can catch on fire. And, but, you know, seemed like everything went pretty well. Listen, we had, we had rain all last week and I was, Fourth of July has always been one of my favorite holidays. It always has. I, even as a kid, man, I would 
take uh, take the lighters and you ever, you know, where you pop off that metal part of a big lighter and you can adjust the way the flame goes. Yeah. Well, if you lift it up right and move it around, you can make it like shoot even more. I just, <laughs> I was always into fires, always into blowing stuff up. I mean, as a kid, I had, had fireworks go off in my hand all the time. Just always, always me. I, I didn't really pop me this, this year though. I, I've kind of handed that a little bit over to the kids. Uh, let them pick out what they like. You know, I, I'll get the, I'll get some flower things and I'll throw every once in a while. But yeah, let's, let's, as we said, as sometimes as you just get a little bit more seasoned in age, uh, you relax a little bit more. And I have a, a lifelong membership to my sister's pool. And uh, <laughs> I have that lifelong membership because when they got it, uh, similar situations as some might find themselves in the next couple of years, houses uh from that 10 11 12 you know some of those 8 9 10 11 you know so i think that 11 they moved in 11 or 12 right got some of that foreclosure but it was just covered right yep. that backyard was just disgusting we went in with chainsaws and i yep. if i find those pictures i will but i don't know it's been it's been a long time i my face was covered the next day in poison ivy oh i man. just it ballooned like my eyes were almost shut like some of the most miserable days and so yeah. i don't I miss that about the midwest <laughs> yeah i had a beer and i had a floaty and i was chill like that's just yeah, it was same wonderful. same here you know that's it's a great thing to walk out in your backyard for us and you know uh float around chill out um get got pretty t pretty hot here this weekend we started to feel that that extra mid-july summer heat type stuff but you know the sun goes down there's nothing like the desert when the sun goes down you know it's still humid when you're in florida or the midwest right in the southeast out here when the sun goes down it's just kind of like it's hot but it's not there's no humidity and it's just a great time to be in your pool and uh you know i'm kind of like you man it's it's a lot more chill now it's a lot more you know, don't want to be out on the roads. Don't, you know, just want to kind of do your thing and, you know, uh, zone out a little bit, but you know, it was a great, it's the first three day weekend I've really taken in a while. So I, you know, I enjoyed the Monday. Um, you know, you and I talked some business and stuff like that, but you know, ultimately I just kind of said 4th of July, you know, last few years, let's shut it down. You know, everybody go do stuff with their families and then we'll come back and start hitting it hard on Tuesday. Well, it was it was definitely a long weekend and a big weekend, right? I mean, a lot oh, of people man. were out, a lot of people moving, blowing. I mean, listen, we had a great weekend. Can't thank enough everybody that dove into the slick purchases. The cool thing though is seeing all the different feedback coming, right? The, oh, the man. videos, the photos, the hey, you guys were right. <laughs> it's streak free. It's perfect. Like, what else is it? Like, that's yep. been really, really cool. You've have you had some good stories coming? Yeah. I mean, look, we had Brandon reach out. I had two stories that hit home. I had a bunch of people reach out, but two stories that hit home. And when you do something like release slick, you have these ideas of the uses of it. But as detailers, you also know you're going to send it out into the world and they're going to come up with uses. And so Brandon uh, Tim's shared that he's been using it on fenders, you know, using it in, inside uh, fender wells. And he's like, it's just amazing. Like, you know, things are staying clean longer. They're looking better. You know, it's a really random use and it doesn't sound like a lot, but that's the thing of getting a product out is that now it's going to help everybody even more when more people start using it. And the other one that I got was from Mike Hine up in New York. 
he's a guy that 110% is doing a lot of restoration work doing, I mean, you've seen the pictures doing really, really incredible detail work. One of the stories he told was, is that he moves his wife's car out. It's coated in somebody else's product, not ours. I know the coating he has on there because he told me, and it has a propensity to water spot. He says, so every time I pulled her car out the garage and it would get rained on, I would be dealing with water spotting issues. It's like, oh yeah, and that, that coating tends to do that. It's kind of a thing with that coating. But he said, you know, started using slick on it. And I think I'm seeing no water spots. Now he hasn't really confirmed that he's out of water spot hell, but he says, I think I'm starting to see some, some interesting results by using this product on top of a coating that was giving me some water spotting issues. Again, is that something we knew? Hey, if you got a coating, put this on top of it, it may stop some of the negatives of that coating. I mean, of course not. And so you just start hearing from people and that's the coolest part. You know, when you, we don't throw very many sales, you know, we really pick our spots doing 4th of July this year and seeing the amount of orders come through. I mean, it's pretty much a banner weekend for our company and now more slick is going out than ever before. And I think that's a pretty interesting thing, you know, moving forward. Yeah, I agree. It, I, I was talking to Parker earlier because she came in, you know, we, like you said, we kind of dove it down on Monday. She came in today and she's like, Oh shit. The amount of ching ching, like, once she saw the notification, I was like, yeah, that's what we saw all weekend. Like, it was super fun. Like, we had a great time. And, uh, and you just see the future, right? You see, you know, what we want people to understand. And we, we're trying to be a little more transparent with where we're going, right? Which is hard to do as a company sometimes because you have things, road bumps, you know, roadblocks, things come out. I mean, we're really, we don't sell a lot of 16 and gallons. So as we transition our product line and more people can try stuff, which is really what Slick has allowed people to do with our business. It's allowed them to try something, right? And we had a ton of people just order 16 ounce. I want to try it. Then they get it and a, a week later, they've ordered the gallon. I mean, we have a bunch of people that bought a 16, used it, bought a gallon as soon as they used the product. That's pretty cool stuff. I mean, you know, it, I can't wait to see some of the 16s and gallons we release and some of our new products coming out. I think it's just going to build and, I can't wait to see all the uses of stuff. You know, that's the thing about Slick that's been really cool. Like just people finding all these different little things to use it for and and informing us and, and helping us in turn has been pretty incredible. Yeah, it has been. Uh, what else has been incredible is as the, uh, the rain goes away, we are starting to rise our temperatures. I don't know that we'll get as close as you guys, <laughs> yeah. but the feeling of it, right? Because you mentioned the humidity. Anybody that deals with the humidity knows that you start getting in those 90s, it feels like 100 pretty quick. And that extra humidity, man, I mean, when those, when those temperatures get to the upper 90s, well, you better have your AC ready. And you better not have any issues. I, some of the worst people you ever meet are somebody that's in transition of trying to survive in their house in the middle of summer when their AC's gone down. So I always like to plan ahead when I can think of it, right? And yeah. I don't do this every year, but every two or three years, I like to have somebody come out, take a look at my AC unit, just make sure that everything's okay. So that as we start getting into July, August, even September, it gets hot here. But boy, yeah. August through the Midwest is generally just brutal. And so you've got to have your AC ready. So it took me a little bit. 
I cut, reached out to a couple different people. Now, the interesting part for me as a customer, I didn't go after a big name brand. I'm just always a little leery of a big company. And, and especially people that just push hard with, you know, this, this, this. Like, mm, I want to meet the dude that he knows what the fuck he's doing. And he's yeah. maybe the guy that runs the company and maybe he's got a couple of people that run around with him. And he's the guy that's always helping and always there with him, right? That's the kind of company that I like to, just me personally, uh, as a customer, work with. Now, so I get a hold of somebody finally because I went through a couple different people, couldn't get them to come out. There's literally people that asked me, was there anything wrong with your AC? I go, no, I, I'm yeah. just trying to get it maintenance, right? I mean, it is weird with AC. It's like they tell you to maintain it, but then when you call for maintenance, they're like, is it broken? Why are you calling us? It is a weird thing in the HVAC world. They want you to maintain it, but no, they don't want to do the maintenance. <laughs> well, so it got me thinking. Once I finally got somebody to come out, because when I start going through that, I go, wow, I've heard this from people that they've called around the detailers they can't get anybody to come out or they don't show up or right. You could go down some of the same complaints that we hear in the detailing industry. And I immediately could associate it and put myself in the place of a customer. And here I am trying to get a service-based business come out and help. And it's creating some friction. Well, I finally get a guy to come out coming on Saturday, but then he's not, he's going to come on Monday. And it's like, no problem. Then he's running a little late on Monday. And I'm like, Oh, like, come on, man. Like, and then he gets there, you know, Hey man, I'm trying to, to get going. Uh, I've got to get going with my day. I've got my kids in town. You know, we're just, we're trying to get going and well, we got a problem. We do. What's the problem? Well, he starts pulling out this little computer and starts going through things and see this number here, this number should be this. And you see this, it should be this. And I bet you this one time I go, listen, man, I don't know that the last guy that was here a couple of years ago, he said it was running low on something and added this. Oh, well, this guy did like, right. It goes right into some of the same stuff that we hear. Well, the last detailer said this. And so that's what I put on this seven year coding, but then this did this you know, hey, I did this, but I don't know why this had like still confusion in the system of detailing. And I went, huh, that would be an interesting talk back and forth. Yeah. What should somebody look for, right? Because you get people that call and reach out to you. You have a certain way that you handle things. Yep. I have certain ways that I've handled, you know, interactions with people. Uh-huh. That'd be a pretty interesting thing. So, <clears throat> so Nick, when it, when it comes to looking for a detailer, right? What's the number one thing that hops out in your mind that somebody should be looking for? Well, I think number one, you should be looking for professionalism. Do they show up looking professional? Do they arrive on time? Do they do the basics, right? Because those are, those are basics. You know, do you have a, this is easy. You know, you can get these for 10 bucks. You know, I mean, it's, it's not, yeah, it's not something crazy, right? So, I think that part of professionalism, and this is sort of the thing that we run into when we're trying to hire service-based people like you did, which is if you're somebody trying to hire a detailer, know what you're looking to get out of your car, okay? Not that you know what the steps are, but if I'm looking at my car and I call a detailer and I just aimlessly say, hey, I need my car detailed, it's not going to go real well. 
because that detailer is going to take it in a million different ways. And if you call three detailers, they're going to talk about it three different ways. But if you say, hey, look, my interior is in rough shape, which we know most customers don't admit, but you should admit. If you have a problem, admit it. Hey, I've let it, I've neglected my interior. I need a lot of love on my interior. I'd like to make my exterior a little glossier. And, and you know, I like to get it waxed or I'd like to get, you know, some protection uh, right, on my paint. Why do you think people try and hide, right? Because you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. We see this in groups all the time and the detailer groups like, oh, yeah. so-and-so had me come out this. And then I got there and it was just blah, like, oh, yep. and they just got the pictures and it's just- I've never, oh, I've, never met a cus- I've never met a customer whose car was in bad shape, not once in my life. I mean, that's just, for those people, men and women listening here that are, are, are car owners thinking about hiring a detailer. I've never gotten a call in 23 years where somebody was completely honest about their car. Never. And I have no idea why. Other than there's a level of embarrassment that I've let it get to this point. Okay. Which is completely understandable, but then just say, Hey, look, I have a level of embarrassment around what I've allowed to happen here. My car is not up to my standards. I need to get it up to my standards. Can you please help me? You really do a lot for yourself as a customer. You with the AC is the same thing. I want you to come out and I want you to maintenance the unit. I then want you to walk me through some of the things I maybe need to do to keep this unit up to par. If you act differently on the phone from the get-go and you even give the hint that you know what you're talking about. And notice I didn't use anything technical. I just gave some confidence instead of generalities. Okay. If you want your car protected, start talking about protecting your paint. Okay, that's the best way to act as a customer. And from the standpoint of the detailer, if somebody's talking in generalities, you got to get them out of that. Okay, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, you're talking in a lot of real general terms here. What's most important to you? Is your interior in rough shape? Is your exterior in rough shape? Do your paint, does your paint need protection? Is it sitting in the sun just baking? What are the, the, the 15 questions you can ask in your area, right? If you're in the Midwest, are you dealing with a mold issue in your car? We don't deal with that out here, but that could be a viable question in the Midwest. You know, we just got a, a heavy rain. Are you getting water leaking from your sunroof? I mean, happens every day in the Midwest. Actually, most uh, insurance damage in the Midwest is water related. And so everybody's going to be different. But as a customer, I think you can help yourself by getting out of the generalities and getting into more specifically what matters to you. Doesn't mean you have to use the terminology. Don't do that. Speak in your terms, but be honest about the position your car is in. Yeah, I, to me, I, I, I really, when somebody calls, I, I want to know. I, you're, you're right. Like I was trying to figure out a way of saying it different. I, I don't have a way to say like. I want to <laughs> know what the problem is. Like I want to know what they're really calling about because many times we'll just get this phone call and say, "Hey, I, I need my car detailed." Well, what does that mean? I mean, well, what, what does it mean to get your car detailed today? We, we don't know. We've asked the question in the podcast over the past years with you, especially when people have come on. We've said, hey, tell us what you, what's the definition of detailing, right? I and, mean, nobody, and nobody has it. Nobody right. has it. There's just not a, a clear answer, even in the detailing community, uh, of what a detail is. So a customer is never going to know. And so I get that phone call and I, hey, I need a detail. Like, okay, hold on. Like, 
what do you need? What is a detail to you? Like, what is it that you're needing done on your car? And, and, and so, yeah. Out, you know, so, yep. from what it is that they're really needing. And then I know if I can service that customer or if I need to refer them to another detailer that maybe needs to do a specific type of mobile detailing or maybe needs a specific type of restoration type work yep. or, you know, might need something that day and they need to go to a car wash to get a, a wash and back. Yeah. Well, also, and, and, and here's, out. you know, uh, here's one of the things that I think, um, you know, so many people need to calm down on, like need to just relax and kind of walk themselves through your, if you start out as a customer, and I think this is something again, that everybody puts this on the business. And I understand why, because if you're not great on the phone and not great at extrapolating information, you can come off as a really poor business person. So I'm not trying to excuse the business. We're just trying to help the person buying from the business right now. If you start off lying to that business, you're not going to develop a great relationship with that business. So I hear two things all the time. I don't have a mechanic from people that have lived in the same spot their entire life, and they don't have a detailer that they trust. So let me ask you this. Does that fall on everyone else or does that fall on you as a customer? I have the same pool guy for since I've owned the pool. I got the same landscaper that I've had for over 10 years. I got the same housekeeper I've had for over 10 years. If you're on your 15th, it's not the other person's problem, okay? That's the part that customers sometimes don't hear from us is if I come to your home or I come to your business or, or you come to my shop and you've actively lied to me to get me locked into a price, I'm going to do that car. Most likely, I'm not going to do a terrific job because I'm mad. And now there is no chance for a relationship because that detailer, that AC guy, that construction company, they're never going to forget you did that. And so now the next time you need help, you got to go through the steps of Google and calling 10 businesses and doing all of these different things. So as a customer, the reason to kind of be very focused on what you want out of your car is is it leads to a better relationship with the person you're hiring. And it also leads to you getting more of the services that you actually want. You know, that's the key. There's a lot of details I've probably done in my life where I did what I would do if it was my car because the person wasn't exactly forthcoming. And maybe they felt like, man, I wish he'd have spent more time on the interior. I'm sure I've done a lot of those details, but I didn't know. You never told me. So I just kind of did an overall, you know, detail to the to the entire car and maybe you didn't get everything you wanted and I'll put some of that on myself that happens for every business but also as a customer if you know what you want and what's important to you then focus on talking about those things and don't let a detailer sell you on things that you don't understand that's the next part of it i mean we're seeing lifetime coatings being sold marty tell me a customer that understands them i mean you you talked about this when the guy was going through the computer with you the ipad going, you need this, you need this, you need this. And it's like, what? Yeah. Well, I had another guy out here. Well, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, you're both certified by the same people, aren't you? So he's no, a bum. And no, 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 nobody ever put a patch on the shirt. No, nobody ever showed me their certificate of an association. I but you just, but, but again, HVAC technicians, and this is kind of the argument in our industry. So customers are aware 
is that we're trying to say that a certification solves all problems. Well, it doesn't. It's not going to solve all problems. What you're going to have to do as a customer is take it upon yourself to say, this, this is a 50-50 relationship. Okay. And this is what a lot of businesses don't get the chance to say in an open forum like ours. We're not selling anybody a service here right now, right? Nobody's buying detailing from you and I on this podcast today. So we get to kind of just talk openly. And here's the open conversation. The hiring and firing of companies is a 50-50 problem. If you're firing a lot of companies, you're 50% of a big problem. If you hardly ever fire people, your 50% is pretty locked in, right? Do we all get bad service? 100%. But certain people seem to get more bad service in your family, in your circle of friends. You've sat at the table before. Here's Johnny going off again. He's got another bad experience. How the hell is that possible? Well, Johnny's not a good customer. And being a good customer actually gets you more of what you want at a better price your entire life than anything else. Like it, people just don't see it that way, but that's the fact. And it, car detailing is know what you want. Then call the companies, have as educated a conversation. If you don't know something, say, hey, sir, ma'am, you're saying a lot of words right now. I don't understand what you're saying. Can you please slow down and explain why I might need this, what this is? Don't be scared to do that because people like me, I like that. Great businesses and great detailers love that you want to know more. So the more questions you ask, if they get more frustrated, hang up the phone and move on with your life because good detailers want to share what they do, want to share why they recommend things. I think that's the other part of the, the equation there. Yeah, and, and absolutely. I'm sitting there trying to understand how I just had somebody come out to, let's put it in the detail term. I had somebody just come out and clean my car. But suddenly I've got all these issues. And suddenly I need something that I hadn't planned on, right? So there is in sales what's called the hook, right? I mean, that's the point. You, 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 you explain what somebody needs and then you've got to close it. And I'm sitting there going, oh, okay. He's got this computer, he's hooked up to that. He's showing me these numbers, but I, I, I don't know what these numbers mean. Uh, he's telling me I got something that I've got the, whatever, right? I mean, we don't know just the same as somebody that when you just want your car clean and all of a sudden you've got, oh, I need paint decontamination. I need, I need swirl mark removal, something that corrects something. I'm not sure, what do you mean correction? I look at my yeah. car, it just looks good. Like, oh, now, now I got to put this 5,000, 4,000, 3,000 dollar yeah. product on and and there goes some of the problems that I hear on a regular basis from detailers. Oh man, I can't move coatings. I, I keep you know, these, these people that want me to do these multi-layers, I've got to charge 2,000, I got to charge 3,000. Like people don't want to pay 3,000 and they, they can't actually close. They can't get the sale because it just doesn't make sense to the customer. Not only maybe what's been said, but it doesn't make sense to them financially in order to do it. Right. Like I listen to the guy. Hey, how much is this going to cost me? Cool. Here's here's your money. Now, I need to know what's going to go all involved with everything else before I make that agreement. And that's what he's going to do. He's going to break it all down and go through it. But if if we're sitting there and we got a customer, we got a detail. Boy, that that creates a whole mess of, well, I, wait, suddenly I got to spend two thousand dollars with you. 
How did that yeah. happen? Yeah. And they just feel trapped and now they're in a conversation and, and again, consumers can help themselves by, by knowing what matters. Okay. If the exterior doesn't matter to you, don't let somebody detail the exterior car. It's your car. I'm going to give you my recommendation. Hey, outside of your car is looking pretty rough. Here's the things I would do if it were my car. I always talk in those terms. What would I do if I were in your shoes? If I had this car in this shape, what would I do if it were mine? I never gone wrong doing that. And most good business owners do that. I'm not going to try to tell you, sell you stuff. I don't put on my own car. I'm not going to try to sell you stuff. I don't believe on, you know, putting in my house for my family, right? Like I'm not going to re recommend things that I don't actually like and that I don't actually use and business should be no different. But I think customers are put into those binds. Like you, you kind of felt with this guy with the fast talk, you know, nobody, as a customer, you're not supposed to know what I know. That's why you're hiring me. If, if you know, if you knew what I knew, you wouldn't need me. And so don't try to, you know, if you don't understand the lingo, you need to stop somebody and say, Hey man, you're using a lot of lingo here. I don't know what this means. And that's the biggest flaw that most detailers, most HVAC guys, most people in general make your attorney, your accountant. I mean, everybody just use their jargon and they assume, and Marty, you know, that this is my line. I don't work for UPS. I don't work for this accounting firm. Okay. You're telling me all this stuff as though I work for your company. I'm hiring you to do that. Stop talking to me like I need to get a job there. And, you know, if you feel that way as a customer, I certainly understand because I felt that way. And Marty, I say it all the time to you. I'm like, Jesus Christ, I don't work for these people. Why am I being asked to do all this stuff if I don't work there? And so I just put a stop to it. And as a customer, you know, you, you felt it, I felt it. And certainly if you're, if you're calling a detailer, you can feel very overwhelmed. If you feel overwhelmed, put a stop to the relationship and say, Hey, this isn't right for me. Cause you shouldn't have that overwhelmed feeling. It, getting your car detailed is really simple. If you're dealing with the right people and you're coming into the relationship, knowing what you want out of it. If you do those two things, I don't think there's an issue. Well, well, Nick, you said that UPS actually just pulled up. <laughs> uh, he's got a shit ton of boxes. Yeah. I'm going to go him load up. Yeah. And, uh, man, thanks for the talk. Uh, really great information. And if you haven't tried the Tonya or Tanya, I don't know. Listen, Why don't man, you, everybody, thanks for the 4th of July. It was a special weekend for us as a company. And uh, everybody that took care, you know, took advantage of the sale and has been trying slick and giving us feedback. Keep it coming. It's been pretty freaking cool. So thanks, Marty. Yeah, man. Enjoy your week. Right, brother. Talk to you. Much for listening to that episode. And if you got any value out of it, hey, go share it. Go let people know what you heard on the Pints of Polishing podcast. And listen, if you want to leave us a review, we would love that. You know, five star, one star. Hey, whatever you think we deserve, if you would leave us a review, greatly appreciate that. And thank you so much for being a part of community.